everybody feel good. Amen. Amen. And if you don't feel good, at least you can say, I feel better. So much better. Since I laid my burden down, eh? Amen. It is again good to be in the house of the Lord one more time to worship in the beauty of his holiness to the officers of this, the Salem Missionary Baptist Church, to the mothers, to members and friends. I greet you in the only name that matters. That is the name of Jesus the Christ. For it is in him we live, that we move, and we have our very being. He is our God, and there is no one beside him. Thank God for these preachers who sit and worship with us. Thank God for a worshiping lot of preachers. They didn't come to sit. They came to worship. Amen. I want to give honor and praise not only to God on this morning, we want to thank God for our pastor in his absence. Amen. Give it up for your pastor, the Reverend Dr. Richard B. Hayne. Bible declares something very unique about pastors. It says that God will give you pastors after his heart feed you with wisdom and understanding. You ought to be praising God right now for the one he gave you after his own heart. Amen. Well, thank God. I just grateful. I want to do this. I forgot on this morning, so I want to do this. Thank God for Sister Haynes. Thank God for her being here. I can't see her today or that I just found her. Okay, Sister Haynes is here. Montricia, that is. And my son, Richard Benjamin Haynes II, came back to church. Amen. Amen. Double duty in it today. I praise God. I declare if you pray hard enough, he'll answer prayer. Amen. Before I get started, I want to let you know that your pastor is a preaching savant. Man, I got a few people there. He's a preaching savant. Your, your pastor plays jazz in the pulpit. Today, you got a classical preacher. Amen. I play classical music. So the good news is God gave us both of them. My prayer is that you will hear a classical musician on today. I struggled with jazz a long time, y'all, because we would go to these concerts and I didn't know what was going on. I, Brother Fennessy and Brother Derek, I had no idea. And I finally, because I love music, yeah. I said, man, but I don't understand this jazz thing. And then I found a musician, pulled him to the side. Man, I said, what's the difference? Or what is jazz? I said, jazz is classical music with improvisation. The light bulb came on. I say, I'm good. I'm good. So I got a classical musician in me, but I can play a little bit of jazz. Amen. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Let's go to the word of God on this morning. First Corinthians chapter one. 
First Corinthians chapter one, we'll begin our reading at verse 26, verse 26. From the English Standard Version of the Word of God, it reads thusly. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many of you were powerful. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world. Even the things that are not to bring to nothing the things at all. So that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. I want to label this lesson on this morning and tag a title to this text in our exchange, it would simply be this, look where he brought us from. Look where he brought us from. If we were to walk down through the corridors of time and trace the annals of history, we would find the sound and see the sights of wars and rumors of wars. That because there were wars and rumors of wars, there were kings and kingdoms who fought those wars. And oftentimes those who fought those wars were the ones who got to write history whether it was the brutality of the Assyrians or the vast oceanic army of the Persians, whether it was the culture-changing army of the Greeks or whether it was the paved road and iron fist of Rome, through the years there were always people who were in control and they wrote its history. But don't you know every now and again somebody from the backside of nowhere Somebody who does not have a great name, somebody who does not look like a winner in war becomes the change agent for wars. That is the message that we receive in what history has called the Hundred Years War. France was under the foot of the imperialism of England, of Britain and it was losing time after time, battle after battle after battle. And the young prince of France was wondering, am I going to lose my country and my people? But don't you know there was a young girl born of peasant parents in the northeastern corner of France who got visions of God. 
But not only did she get visions, the Bible, or not the Bible, she actually claimed that she heard the word from the Lord. And I can pause right there, even in the introduction, parenthetically, to say, if you hear from God, don't matter who you are, where you ain't from, God can change some things because you heard his word. Here's a strange story about this young girl. She somehow got in front of the young prince of France. His name was Charles. He was from a place called Valois. And he got in front of Charles and she told Charles that the Lord been speaking to me about helping my country out. And the Lord been telling me if I help my country out, the war will change. For the first time he heard it, he said, I can't believe it. You are not only a peasant girl, you are a girl indeed. And ain't no girl going to lead anybody in battle. She said, the Lord told me that I'm going to lead our country in battle. And he put her on a white steed, gave her his own armor, painted it white. She went in the battle of Orleans, y'all. And the battle tide changed after nine days. And history or legend calls her the messenger, but history calls her Joan of Arc. And Joan of Arc is a patron saint in France. She is canonized in the Roman Catholic Church. All I'm trying to tell you is God can use anybody from the backside of nowhere to change everything even in battle is there anybody here that knows if God can use Joan God can use you God used Joan of all but God can also use us Paul is speaking to this secular church Corinth had been a long-forgotten city until Rome came into power. And when Rome came back into power, the emperor of Rome allowed Corinth to regain its establishment as a city. But this time, it was not actually meant for those who were of royalty. It was meant for anybody to be able to go and establish a life. And most of the residents of, of Corinth during this time were freed men. They were able to scale the social ladder because they started at the bottom. It was where Paul went because when he went, he was a tradesman, found two other tradesmen, and they let him stay in his house, and that's how he got to minister in Corinth. Most of them were nobodies, again, from the backside of nowhere. He says, first of all, consider your calling. Says brothers, but it actually it's generic. It means brothers and sisters. Consider your calling. Consider where the Lord brought you from. I thought I have a witness right now. Maybe I got to bring my own witness. Come here, young man. Consider you were a boy from a nowhere town in Georgia, born in the projects, and you were able now to preach God's word to his people. Consider your calling. Consider where you came from. I, I know you're all that in a bag right now, but, but consider where you came from. You came from a little country town in a nowhere place, and God now got you living on, on Knob Hill. Is there anybody here that can thank him for where you've been called from? He says this. He said, Not, consider what you're calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many of you were powerful. Not many of you were of noble birth. 
Uh, this first point I want to make is that the Lord brought us in spite of our circumstances. The Lord brought us in spite of our circumstances. He says, not many of you are wise according to worldly standards. Uh, for some eight years here at the Salem Church, I taught college-bound students. Many of them have gone on not only just to stellar high school academic achievement, but they've gone on to graduate from schools like Georgetown, Dartmouth, LSU, University of Georgia, just to name a few. Many of these students were so well and achieved, I was actually scared that I got to teach them. Many of them graduated, y'all, summa cum laude. That is, with the highest honors. And if they didn't make summa cum laude, they fell down in the magna cum laude. That is, they simply graduated with high honors. But if they didn't make that, many of them fell in the category of cum law. They simply graduated with honors. And if the truth be told, that ain't our testimony. Uh, not many of us graduated summa, magna, or cum law. But here's the good news. Many of us in here graduated, thank you, Lord. If you graduated, thank you, Lord. You ought to give God some praise for that little paper he took you with because you know you wasn't worthy of that job, but God didn't have to look at your paper. He got into the heart of the owner of that company, and now you running the company with your little piece of degree. Is there anybody here that can thank God for a thank you, Lord, graduation? Thank you, Lord. He said that not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. But not many of you were powerful. That, that the Corinthian church was not made up of influencers. That's what this power is. It had nothing to do with the strength of their arms or legs. It had to do with the strength of their status socially. That we know now in 2019, you can move the world as a social influencer. Uh, many of you who are my age and a little older remember the day that the Ford Bronco went down the highway in LA and they caught my man OJ Simpson. The juice got bottled up. <laughs> they caught him and when we saw him next we saw him in a courtroom and we saw him with the dream team of lawyers. There was Robert Shapiro, and then there was our main man, Johnny Cochran, willing and dealing like a preacher in a courtroom. But then there was an obscure warrior who sat with them, but he never got up and never said anything. Had funny-looking hair. But we learned that he was a friend of O.J. His name was Robert Kardashian and we wonder who is that man in the back sitting with the dream team but not 15 20 years later we all know Kim Courtney Chloe Kylie 
and Kendall, and we all sitting here trying to keep up with the Kardashian. I'm just trying to let you know not many of us have that kind of influence, but God is a God that if we serve him, he can give us influence in life. Is there anybody here that God done moved the crowd not because of you, because of you serve him? Not many were wise according to world standards. Not many were powerful, but not many were of noble birth. That in 2019, we can now, 23 and me can tell us who we are. It's amazing. In 2019, everybody from kings and princes. Man, I didn't know, man. My, my, my family came from Egypt. We built the pyramids. Oh, really? <laughs> but the truth be told, not many of us are of noble birth. That we don't have nobility in our blood. But the Lord has a way that he can get in your life and he can change some things. I, I, I was watching a TV show some years ago, y'all, and it was an obscure TV, TV show on the USA Network. And I was watching it, y'all, and a young lady was on that show. She was a very attractive young lady. And, and the only reason I kept watching it because she was on it. <laughs> and I'm good with my wife. She understands. I, I watched this show, and, and every week I would turn back in. I thought she was an attractive young lady. And uh, the show eventually kind of, uh, it's come down to a close now, but that young lady actually left the show not, not long after that. And that young lady, not only did she, did, did she pierce something to me, but one day she must have had some real good attractiveness because one day she caught the eye of the young Prince of England. And now we call Meghan Markle the Duchess of Sussex. This black and white girl from America now has children that are in the line for the throne of England. Y'all ain't happy right now. That God has a way of taking a nobody. But then all you got to do is catch the eye of the king. And your whole life can change. Anybody here has the king caught your eye? Did he see you in your no good self and now you are heir of salvation, purchased by God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood? This is your story. Uh, she caught the eye of the king. That, 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 that I am royalty not because it's in my blood, but because I serve one who was born king. I wish somebody here, Jesus was born king, y'all. Don't y'all know that? When Jesus was born, the Bible said the glory left heaven, came down to earth and said glory to God in the highest. God transferred his glory to a little bitty baby in Bethlehem. Is there anybody here? If you love that child, you are also royalty. Uh, God can bring us in spite of our circumstances, not many of us wise, not many of us powerful, not many of us of noble birth. But God. That in Salem Church, I thought we'd be running right there. Because if the truth be told in life, 
Most of us have a but God testimony. And I wish I could hear somebody right now who's got a but God testimony. Let me help somebody out. I was on my way to hell. But God changed the direction of my life and now I'm preaching the gospel. I didn't have no money to pay my bills. But God will supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. Is there anybody here? I was on my way to death, but God gave me life in his son. Is there anybody here that's got a but God testimony? My children were acting crazy. But God got into the heart of my child. And God is a change agent, y'all. Uh, well, maybe you're not happy. I can get you happy now. So, but God chose the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Uh, let, me, let me lean into it this way. God, one man's trash is another man's treasure. And the world saw you as trash. But God said they are shaped and made in my image and in my likeness. And I'll take what you think is trash. And I'll make them presidents of the United States. Anybody here can thank God that he took your trash in life. Cleaned you up and now. My, my second point is God can work with stuff other folk reject. Oh, I just said something right there. Yeah, somebody say amen right amen. there. God can work with stuff other folk. But God, but God chose. Uh, I know why we ain't happy, but God chose. Uh, you still, maybe one more time for the Holy Ghost, but God chose. I thought y'all all be shouting right now. God chose Maybe it's because we all that in a bag. I saw a Dooney Burke up here. We all that in a bag. <laughs> Hair looking good. Suit looking good. You drove up in the car you wanted to drive today. We all think we all there in a bag of chips. But let me try to tell you, God chose. You ought to be shouting, you and God had the nerve to choose me. Maybe ain't no bones in your closet. Maybe I need to open mine up. God saw all my faults and he looked beyond my faults and saw all my needs. God had the nerve to choose me. God, God chose what is foolish in the world to confound the wise. Uh, but not only did God choose what was foolish in the world to confound the wise, he chose what was weak in the world to shame the strong. That God has a way of taking those who have their names on hotel buildings. And changing the world with a grassroots campaign. 
That, that, that is there anybody here that knows change is coming? Because God chose it. That God can choose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. Is there anybody here that you are all where you are not because of your strength? But you are all, you are where you are because of his strength. Paul said it like this, that my grace is sufficient for you. That when you are weak, therefore I am made strong. Is there anybody here that can lift up a praise to God because he took me from my low place? And strengthened me. What is weak in the world. But he chose what is low and despised in the world. I said, y'all, even the things that are not. To bring to nothing the things that are. Most of us don't understand we nobodies. I got to lead a wonderful congregation of folk in Winder, Georgia. 123 New Street, East New Street. And if you got down New Street far enough, you might find somebody who knew my name. If you went down Midland just long enough, you might find a couple people who knew my name. If you went over to Highway 29, you might find a couple people who knew my name. But if you got to 316 and you left Barrow County, you can call the name of Jason Haynes and they will look at you and say, I don't know who you talking about. Well, I'm just trying to help somebody out. It don't matter how far your name gets down the road. But God can take your low little pitiful name and he can make your name great. And is there anybody here that's got a great name, not because your name is special, but because you serve the name that he is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess here's the powerful name that he is lord to the glory of god jesus ain't a strong name but it's jesus who is lord uh, isaiah isaiah people think was the cousin of Uzziah. gotta give credence to my granddaddy and my daddy they called him uzziah but Uzziah, the king, people thought that Isaiah was in his court and that he was the cousin of the king. And then God lifted Isaiah up to be the smartest and the most powerful prophet in all of Israel. But then Uzziah died. And can't you see Isaiah in his low state? And at his lowest point, uh, let me throw this in. Sometimes rock bottom is the best place to be. Because if you at rock bottom, ain't number one way to go. And Isaiah said, in the year that King Uzziah died, 
I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. What you say in other words, Isaiah was at his low point, but at that time he saw the king. And is there anybody here? You may be in your low point in life, but all I got to say is look up. My faith looks up to thee, thy lamb of Calvary, savior divine. Now hear me while I pray. Take all my guilt away. Oh, let me from this day be holy thine. That God can take a nobody in nothing from nowhere. He can turn her into somebody. He can turn him into somebody. And not because of you, but because of him. It is in the text here, y'all. God chose what is low and despised in the world. Even the things that are not to bring to nothing the things at all. And he did it. So you wouldn't get the big head. He said so that no human being would boast in the presence of God. Today we live in a post-modern, post-Christian culture where people are making decisions when and not to go to church. I remember a day all where it wasn't no choice. Not only were you going to 745 and 11 o'clock, daddy got to preach at 3 2. Have mercy, Lord. I heard George Weaver say, I had a drug problem. I got drugged to church every Sunday. But God picked me up, did this for you and me so we wouldn't boast. And then. He ends it by saying that the next point is that God will prosper you in spite of you because of him. Watch this, it says, and because of him, you are in Christ Jesus. Glad I got a few witnesses right there. Paul uses new language. They had never heard that I'm in Jesus. They had only knew that they were saved by completing the law and uh, hopefully on the day of atonement, their sins would be blotted out. But, you know, Jesus was our Paschal Lamb. And not only did he die for us, it is actually now we are in him. Songwriter said, Jesus, keep me. Near the cross, there a precious fountain, free to all a healing stream, flows from Calvary's mountain. But I thank God for Deacon Gregory Bailey. It wasn't near the cross that I got saved. But the chorus said, in the cross, in the cross, be my glory. You just can't get near it. You got to get in it. Because of Jesus, you are in him. Uh, uh. Can I have some folk who can Holy Ghost count? Watch this, y'all. He said, because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. Brother Graham, I knew, I, I remember a day where all you had to do was say these Bible words. And folk would go run. 
that I am the wisdom of God. Amen. I have, Sister Reeves, the mind of Christ. So let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. That anybody got his mind, you got a sanctified, wise mind. Your IQ ain't go up, but your wisdom went through the roof. Ain't anybody here? Said that we are the wisdom of God, but we're not only the wisdom of God. If you look, the sanctified math is, when he started the text, there were three things that we are not. But in Jesus, there are four things that we are. I hope y'all be happy right there. Not many of you were wise. Not many of you were powerful. Not many of you were of noble birth. But because God chose you, now you are his wisdom. You are his righteousness. You are his sanctification. You are his redemption. Anybody know that when you're in him, I'm greater than what I was before. Thank you, Brother Chase. Lord, you have been good. You've been better than good. I can't thank you enough. I owe you my life. You are now better because you're in him. So you are righteousness. Uh, I, I can get away with this at the Salem church. That, that, that we are the church with zeal according to knowledge. So we are his righteousness. I'm trying to help somebody out. Don't go home and hold your head down, baby. Hold your head up. Because all the wrong in your life Jesus came along and made it right. Well, let me help you out. The songwriter said that we have to be dressed in his righteousness alone, far less to stand before the throne of Christ. So I'm his righteousness, but it gets better, y'all. Not only am I his wisdom and his righteousness, I'm also his sanctification. Uh, that, that, yeah, it, it, it don't matter how long your dress is to be sanctified. It don't matter how black your suit is to be sanctified. It don't matter how many times you can speak in tongues to be sanctified. It don't matter even how good your holy dance is to be sanctified. Sanctification simply means that the Lord set you aside and has been working with you ever since he called you. Uh, maybe I can lean into it like this. Uh, my beautiful wife, we married. And Pastor Haynes and Sister Bev came to us. And her mother and her stepfather came to us and said, well, we're going to give you this amount of money for your wedding. I thought, shoot, they're going to give us that kind of money. Ain't no need to us to waste it on no party. We can start off this life sure enough good. And so I worked two jobs for eight months to pay for my own wedding. And after I paid for my wedding, we spent seven glorious days in Helen, Georgia. On our honeymoon. 
Yep, Burger King was our lunch for the day. <laughs> Sandwiches were our dinner for the day on our honeymoon. But let me throw something in there. The day before our wedding, we closed on the house. We hadn't even made the vows yet, but we had done something that God set us up. But, 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 but the, the next year, the Lord allowed us some mercy and grace. We had a little money saved away. And y'all know Sister Bev worked 30 plus years for Delta Airlines. And we had a free flight. And my wife's parents lived in Germany. And they didn't have one house, but they had two. So we spent 28 days in our second year of marriage on our real honeymoon. This little country boy from Gainesville, Georgia, sat at the foot of the Eiffel Tower, y'all. And because I'm a country boy from Gainesville, Georgia, I stayed at the foot of the Eiffel Tower. I got to ride on the Seine River, got to do gondolas in Venice, y'all. This little country boy from Gainesville got to stand at the Capella Sistina. When we were in Paris, y'all, we went to a restaurant. And in this restaurant, they came to us and asked for our drink orders. Y'all know Pastor Haynes, don't you? We don't drink in our family, at least the one Pastor Haynes was in. Y'all know my Uncle Joe, too. But, uh. <laughs> but We were growing up, wasn't no alcohol anywhere. Ain't, ain't nothing wrong with drinking alcohol, everybody. Y'all heard me say it. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, don't get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be ye filled with the Spirit. So if you drink wine and you're full of the spirit, the spirit will tell you when. Y'all missed it. We missed it. But anyway, I, I, I'm just, I, I didn't drink wine. And I remember they gave us a drink order, y'all, and they came out to me, little country boy from, from Georgia, and he, I said, I want Coca-Cola. <laughs> and he said, little country man from Gainesville, Georgia, Coca-Cola costs more in France than champagne. I said, man, bring out the champagne then. <laughs> and that day, I had a little champagne. But later in France, we visited a vineyard. And they tell me that wine is put in a cellar because it gets better. Some of y'all drink wine. I with age. And that's what I'm trying to tell y'all a long time ago. Jesus picked you up off the muck and the miry clay. He set you aside in the barrel of his spirit. And every day you just getting better and better and better and better. And somebody said every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before so I'm sanctified I would have cussed you out yesterday but I stopped cussing on yesterday because today I'm better I am his wisdom I, 
I am his righteousness, but I also am his sanctification. But thank God I'm also his redemption. Oh, yeah, I got some Bible folk in it. You are God's redemption. Redemption, I'll be one of them words where the whole church should blow up. Because redemption means somebody needed to do something for you. To get you out of your crooked place. Somebody needed to die for you. To take care of death on your place. And is there anybody here that knows you are his redemption? Uh, I got a few folk with me. And maybe if y'all let me lean into it another way, I'll get some more folk with me. There's a story of a little boy and his father. He grew up in a seaside town. Shortly after the little boy's birth, mama died. And daddy made up in his mind that I'm going to do everything I can to give my son a wonderful life here in this little seaside town. And weekly they would take walks on the beach walk and they would talk together and he would love on his son as they heard the waves crashing through the breakers. And one day the daddy got so full of their walks on the beach, he decided to make him a sailboat. Got bought the wood and carved it himself and put on all the sailing accoutrements, then painted the boat and then took a brand on the bottom of the boat and branded their initials. Daddy branded his initials on the bottom of the boat. And they would go out, y'all, and they would sail the boat during their walks. And one day there was an undercurrent and a violent tempest. And the little boy lost his boat. Can't you see the tears flowing down his face. Can't you see the anguish in his heart because he lost the very thing that his daddy made for him. Time went by, daddy died, and the little boy moved away from that town. But one day his heart got full, thinking of his father. And he went back to the little seaside town. And when he got there, he heard the waves crashing and his heart started to warm. And walking through town, there was an old general store. Yeah, yeah. And he looked in the window and he saw what looked like a familiar shape. He saw what looked like a familiar mast. He saw what looked like a familiar figure and he went inside. He took that boat, raised it up. He saw his daddy's initials on the bottom of the boat. And he went back and redeemed his own boat. The very thing he lost. I wish y'all were in here with me. That's what our Lord did for us 2,000 years ago. One Friday, he came down through 42 
burning generation looked through the sea of sinful time and he saw us in the window and he said they look like mine but I gotta check them out and then he raised us up and he said my name is written on them in blood and is there anybody here that knows a long time ago one Friday night he redeemed us all living he loved me dying he saved me buried he carried my sin far away rising he justified freed me forever one day he's coming back glorious day so if anybody ask you just who I am you can tell them that I am redeemed I am redeemed I've been bought with a price Jesus has saved my whole life and if anybody asks you just who I am tell them I am his wisdom tell them I am his righteousness tell them I am his sanctification but tell them tell them Tell them, tell them, I am redeemed. I'm redeemed. I've been bought with a price. Jesus. And if anybody asks you just who I am, just tell them. Don't give them my name. Just tell them. Don't tell them he's a preacher. Just tell them he is redeemed. Are you redeemed this morning? You can't be sitting on your behind. If you know what redemption is, he brought you back to his God. He made you the peace of God that passes all understanding. Somebody give it
say, I am redeemed. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you can come now, give your life to him. That if you don't have a church home and you have found a place of other redeemed saints, you can come give your life to this particular ministry of God. My home. Come on, somebody.